Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. The angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. And he will go before them in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. All right, well, good morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Cody Quinn. I'm the Director of Students and Connections here at church, and I'm honored to open up the Advent season this morning. But before I get started, let me say a, a quick word of prayer. Jesus, we come before you this morning uh, in expectation, expectation of what you're going to do um, in this moment and throughout this season. So, Father, we just pray that your words would uh, pierce our hearts and minds and help us to walk out of here changed and transformed. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So like I said, I'm excited to open up Advent season today. And, you know, for me and for the church, you know, this season comes, uh, it's very important. It's an important season and it's one that often in my life I missed. And to, to get us started and to get us talking about this, I want to share a story about me and Pokemon. Um, I don't know how many of you know Pokemon. And if you do, you're kind of wondering, okay, how is this going to relate to Advent? But Pokemon, if you don't know, this is these little cartoon characters or whatnot. They have trading cards you can get, TV show, movie, game console. And I loved Pokemon growing up. I was probably eight or nine when my passion was really peaked for Pokemon. And I remember this one specific time. I went and I was living in Beulahville, North Carolina. We went to this little store 
and they were known for selling rainbow flip-flops, Crocs, and Pokemon cards. And now the store is still there today, so that's the town I live in. Um, rainbows, Crocs, and Pokemon cards. And Kelsey even said that uh, she went and bought Beanie Baby cards there at some point. I don't know, but I remember my mom and I were here shopping, and if you know me, I was not there for flip-flops or Crocs. I was there for the Pokemon cards. And I remember I was up standing the, the glass counter up there, you know, little eight-year-old me just looking up at the store owner. And, you know, my mom had given me $10 to spend. And so I was ecstatic. I was about to get a, a handful of Pokemon cards, and it was going to be a great day. And I walked out of there with a pack of Pokemon cards. $10, one pack of Pokemon cards. I walked out, was thrilled, excited. My mom was like, man, I don't know that that's how much they should have costed, but, you know, it was... You know, my money, my choice, you know, that sort of thing. We go across the street to a store called Car Drug, which is kind of the, the nowadays Walgreens, and the same pack of Pokemon cards were there for $2. And what had happened was the store owner realized that I was holding $10 and said, hey, this pack of cards is $10. And my, you can imagine what my mom did next. She, she storms out of Car Drug and walks over to that store and that store owner and fusses out and to this day she will not, right or wrong, go to that store and buy anything because she, this woman took advantage of little eight-year-old Cody, my baby boy, and she was not gonna have it. So I was oversold these Pokemon cards and I believe that the opposite is true for us in Advent season. I believe that just in the same way that I was oversold these Pokemon cards, I believe we have been underselling the season of Advent. I believe we have just completely missed it for the most part. I know for my life that has been true. I'm 26 year old and I'm not sure, you know, when I realized, hey, Advent is important. It's not just about Christmas Day and Christmas morning, but it's about this season of Advent. And so my question for you is, are you underselling the season of Advent? Are you missing the season of Advent? the meaning, the value, and the power that comes from recognizing this Advent, the season of expectation. I think a lot of times we miss it. And so I hope in my prayer for this morning and as our church launches Advent, that we can come and take hold of Advent. Not just miss it, not just look over it, but see the power that is in this season. And then we look forward to Christmas Day. We look forward to the coming of Jesus, not just as a baby in a manger, but when he will come for us again. Are you underselling the season of Advent? I challenge you not to. And when I look at Advent and as we launch into the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, this season of expectation, I feel, actually comes in an unexpected way. Because Advent does not really begin with Jesus. It begins with Zechariah and Elizabeth. And so as we continue with the sermon, my big idea for today is that Christ is our hope no matter our pain or position. Christ is our hope no matter our pain or position. Point number one, Christ is our hope in the pain. Christ is our hope in the pain. We read from Luke 1, 5 through 7. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, 
and both were advanced in years. And now we enter this story, we enter into Zechariah and Elizabeth's life, and what scholars see as before this moment, there was about a 400 year gap, there was about a 400 year silence of God, where he, was, he wasn't speaking, he was not sending any more prophets to the people, it was this moment of silence, it seemed like an absence of God. Where is God? After this long time of, hey, this Messiah is coming, this Messiah is coming. The Savior is coming for you. And then you get this silence, this absence. Where is God going? And that's where we meet Zechariah and Elizabeth in this moment. And what's interesting is that Zechariah and Elizabeth, they're still living faithfully to the Lord. It says in there that um, they were walking blamelessly. They were walking righteously. They were living for Jesus in this moment, and yet we see the pain of their life. You see, they had no children. They could not have children. Kent Hughes says it this way. The text says the two were advanced in years. Nature's planned obsolescence had taken its course, and there was no hope. They had never heard of Hippocrates, but he had put it perfectly. A man, when his growth is over and dry and cold, the fountains of maternity were dry. The spotted, worn hands of this righteous couple would never hold a child of their own. In this period of silence from God, they're still walking with righteousness. They're still living for the Lord, even when they have pain in their life. And in this culture that they're living in, it's not just that they couldn't have kids, but Everyone thought of it as a curse or as a punishment for something that they did. So not only were they thinking, hey, God, where are you in this? But people were from the outside coming to them saying, what have you done? And condemning them. And so we see the pain. We see the reality of pain in their life. We see the reality of the pain of Israel saying, God, where are you? Our story continues like this. Now, while he was serving as priest before God when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid. Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the, to the wisdom of the just and to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. You see, in this moment, Zechariah is, a, is not just another guy. He's a priest. Him and his wife are living, as we've already talked about, blamelessly and, and righteously. But he's a priest. And in this moment, he's essentially won the priest lottery of he's going to be able to go into the temple and burn incense and stand um, in place for the whole nation of Israel 
and pray to God for them and plead to God for them. And again, this is a moment of silence for God and he's still being faithful to his duty. And this is where we see Christ and the hope enter the picture. Because in this moment, when he goes into the temple, the angel of the Lord comes and meets, breaks silence from God and meets Zechariah right in his pain. Right in the midst of where life was hurting and says, your prayer has been heard. And now, scholars, they don't think that he was praying a selfish prayer for he and his wife. Hey, give us a son. Because they, they were old and they, that, that dream had passed for him. But in this moment, praying on behalf of the nation of Israel, he's praying for the Savior to come. And God meets him and says, hey, not only are you going to have a child, but this child will lead many to the coming King. Many to the coming Savior. Christ meets Zechariah in his pain. In he and Elizabeth's pain. And shares great hope. And now you would think, hey, Zechariah is going to be, yes, finally God has spoken. Not only has he spoken to the nation of Israel, but he's spoken personally to my life. But we see that's not how Zechariah responds, which leads us to point two. Christ is our hope no matter our position. Luke 1, 18 through 20 reads this. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. They realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. You see the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, come and meet Zechariah in his pain. But not only does he meet Zechariah in his pain, but he meets him in this faithless position. We see this guy and his wife who are walking in righteousness and they're blameless before the Lord, and yet he responds with this faithless, how in the world, this can't be. You say I'm going to have a son, you say he's going to do all this, but this can't be because I'm old and she's old and that's impossible. This righteous guy with this faithless response, which is so encouraging to me because in, in moments of pain in my life, I'm often faithless. I often respond and God, you, okay, I know you're good, I know you're there, I know you're awesome, but I, I just don't see a way. Not only will God meet you in your pain, but God will meet you in your position, in your faithless position. 2 Timothy 2.13, one of my favorite scriptures says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. You see, Christ is our hope no matter our position. No matter how we are coming to God, He still remains faithful to us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And so I wonder, what is that pain in your life? And how are you responding to that pain? Maybe it's the same struggle that Zechariah and Elizabeth have. 
struggle of infertility, of not being able to have a child and you want one. That's a real struggle. And I hope that you can see that God will meet you in that pain. Or maybe it's a, a tough marital situation. Maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's a, a loss of kids. What is that pain? Maybe it's your child isn't performing as you would want them to. Maybe it's a disease. Maybe it's some body struggle. What is your pain and what is your position? And my plea for you is that God will meet you right there no matter your answer. That God can meet you. That God will break the silence in your life. That God will break through and come and meet you. And in closing, I just want to point out how Zechariah, and just one aspect of Zechariah, he was living this blameless life. He was living this righteous life. And yet he had this faithless response. And I want to ask you, have you become numb in your faith? Just as Zechariah seemed to have gone, he seemed to have gone numb in his faith, living it out on Sunday, living it out in his life, walking with the Lord and yet not believing in the Lord and His power. Have you become numb in your faith? Because I believe it's possible to walk with God and miss what He's doing and saying. Are you missing what God is doing and saying, although you're doing all the right things? In this Advent season, I pray that you will come to it with expectation, not just for a great Christmas day, but for a great hope of a coming Christ who will come to you and meet you right here, right now, no matter your pain and no matter your position, because Christ is our hope, no matter the pain or position. Let me pray. Jesus, today we come before you and we are grateful that you would meet us. We don't deserve it. We deserve the silence. We deserve you to be far, far away from us. And yet you reach down in our lives and you meet us in our pain. You meet us even when we are faithless. You come through. And God, I don't know the answer to the prayers in my life. I don't know the answer to the prayer of the people's lives that are listening. But God, you do, and you have the best plan in mind. You have the best answer for us. And so as we kick off Advent this morning, help us to come to you. Help us to pray to you with expectation that you can do the impossible. With expectation that you hold all the power and deserve all the glory. Jesus, we turn our gaze, we turn our focus to you in this moment. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.